0: Welcome to the E-Governance Academy podcast to discover the future of governance. Tune in for the Digital Government podcast every Wednesday. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Digital Government podcast with your usual host, Federico Plantera, journalist, sociologist, and researcher, and with a comeback, The comeback of Merle Maigre, senior expert on cybersecurity at E-Governance Academy. So, Merle, welcome back and thanks for joining us. Hi,
1: thanks for having me.
0: Merle is coming today to obviously talk about cybersecurity, uh, to again mention the Western Balkans, but because something new happened. First of all, actually two new things happened. Uh, since the last time. One is that the study that we were conducting about cybersecurity in the Western Balkans is approaching its uh, finalization, let's say, because the project is indeed meant to end uh, next month, uh, but also because the results of this study were presented uh, very, very recently, this month at the Western Balkan Digital Security Forum, which took place on June 15th, physically in Tallinn, but also streamed online on the platform WorksUp. Merle, let's start from the last point. So not from the conclusions of the study, but uh, not from the study itself, because we already like, introduced it in any case in a couple of other contents here on the, on the website of the Governance Academy. But rather, let's start from the forum. So you were there. Uh, For those who were there and those who were also like not there, tell tell me something about it. In the sense, how did you, how did it feel? How did it look? In your opinion, what was your uh, what was your experience of it? Just free flow comments on how the forum went, essentially.
1: Well, thank you, Federico. And I guess uh, before sharing um, uh, immediate um, immediate uh, reactions of, of the forum, it's perhaps relevant to to say why did we do this or, or what, what what basically links the baltics and the balkans in in cyber security um which is that well um ultimately it is important to um in security in general, but also in cybersecurity to look beyond your nose, to look to, because ultimately what happens a bit further ahead, uh, further away will influence all of us. So the situation in the cybersecurity in the digital realm in the Western Balkans is relevant for Estonia. And also Estonia is, and, and what happens and what Estonia does is something I learned from this meeting, uh, it, something that Estonia does, Estonia's steps and, and progress in the digital and cybersecurity front is something that the Western Balkan decision-makers really care about. Estonia is regarded as a fairly neutral, if a small state, so therefore there are some aspects where Estonia can really... Um, be a model, I think. Now, the forum itself was, was really, really nice. We had a very nice presence of of uh, decision-makers, politicians from the region, starting from... Uh, we had basically more or less representatives uh, from, uh, from around the whole Western Balkan uh, six partners. We had, for example, the Deputy Prime Minister and the Minister for Digital Affairs from North Macedonia. We had the... Um, and um, head I will, of a, I can take yeah. care of
0: listing them actually for a second <laughs> i mean not not all the participants but to give also the listeners uh who are not from europe or not from the area an idea of what we of who we are talking about when we say western balkans the the countries for example that were involved in the the cybersecurity study that we did and who are also who The countries that we are talking about when we mention Western Balkans are Albania, uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina, Kosovo, Montenegro, North Macedonia and also Serbia. And indeed, they were all represented at the forum that took place on the 15th of June. Mela, please continue.
1: Yes, and what I think is perhaps important to say when trying to describe the mood in the room was that it was talking... To uh, to each other, not not sort of like not any anywhere like looking down or looking up. It was a conversation among equals, um, uh, various experts and uh, and decision makers from Estonia, uh, from the from among the Western Balkan representatives and from the Commission. It was really a sincere, a good, friendly atmosphere that was created and exchange of thoughts of uh, what Western Balkan. Um, politicians and decision makers regard as important what is it the, that they have what kind of main challenges do they have in front of them as they try to kick start the digital transformation along with the cybersecurity um, side of it and then um 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 voice from uh, from among the various european commission members uh, in saying what europe is is uh, doing in this regard and then uh, a voice from among various estonians of sharing some estonia's best practices but also sincere interest in hearing what's the what what is going on in the western balkans and um, and some and some practical tricks and tips uh, i but perhaps personally most enjoyed the fact that it wasn't just Estonians. uh, There was the head of the Latvian CERT, and and this Latvian voice was was also, I think, quite enriching in in sort of like expanding the horizon a little bit and and adding a very practical dimension to it. Uh, The head of the CERT uh, community emergency response team um, who was speaking from Latvia, there was one from Estonia as well, they are the people who are very often the forefront of this.
0: Mhm mhm and uh, actually uh, uh speaking of forefront and speaking also of like baltic balkans connections let's say uh something that of course well, I mean inevitably had to be brought up during the forum and then it's something also that is connected to a topic that we already talked about uh in another episode of the podcast you and me which is indeed uh the cyber set the issue of like cybersecurity or like cyber warfare let's say you no know? um what i'm what i'm hinting at is obviously what happened and the world that we have essentially and that we have to deal with after february or be- better <clears throat> since february 24 uh so the world that we have to deal with since february 24 is definitely has some implications let's say for the security of not only the baltic states but also of the, Bal- of, the of states in the balkans no in this sense, do you think that um, do you think that the situation in terms of cybersecurity or the things to watch out for, let's say, in the Western Balkans have changed compared to the situation that we had instead in the area before February 24 in that sense?
1: Oh yes, I think the war in Ukraine has influenced all of us. I think the war in Ukraine will influence the whole of Europe because Ukraine going into the war will be different from Ukraine coming out. But uh, likewise, uh, EU, NATO, individual member states, as well as as, as all of the EU, European countries will be different after the end of this war than what they were like before the beginning of the war. Um, Security in that sense is indivisible, and and uh, for example, there are um, um, there there are Albania, North Macedonia, and Montenegro who have aligned themselves with the European Union sanctions against Russia, and therefore, for example, be, feel themselves a little bit more vulnerable also in the cyber front because. Um, Russia's invasion of Ukraine has put to the test theories uh, about how cyber attacks fit into conventional war. And um, given the unpredictability of the Putin regime, we cannot rule out uh, an escalation of cyber exchanges. And therefore, as I said, there are members of the Western Balkan um, region that uh, that feel that they are particularly vulnerable. Um, But I think it's not just them. The whole For all of us, the security situation has changed. So, also in cyber, um, but also in the the real, in the kinetic world. So, we have to be more, unfortunately, concerned, and um, and think how to how what can we do to build resilience against uh, the threats.
0: Yeah, because and what can we do to build resilience is, um, of course, it's a matter also like of responsibility. We will get to this point, but. One thing that I wanted to ask you about this that clearly emerged from the forum is that this point of like responsibility and uh... uh, How to say togetherness? Let's say in uh, ensuring cybersecurity, we can see it at two levels. Let's say one is the government level, governmental level in terms of the international relations and connections between countries, especially, for example, as you mentioned, the case of Albania uh, and uh, and others there in the Western Balkans who joined the EU in terms of like uh, enforcing sanctions, sanctions. But at the same time, there is a topic of togetherness at the individual level in the sense that people do make and ensure the cybersecurity of a country. Because in this sense, from the forum, we had Lucas Silves, the new uh, government CIO of Estonia, mentioning this government to government cooperation that is happening and all the frameworks, let's say, that are present at the European level to ensure that in the activities that fall within, let's say, those Competences. At the same time, instead, we had you <laughs> who mentioned exactly how everyone is responsible essentially for a nation's cybersecurity. Can we elaborate a little more on this double level, let's say, of uh, ensuring cybersecurity—the one at the individual level and the one at the governmental level? Where are, where, in your opinion, also maybe we are today doing better, let's say, in Europe, and where we can do instead more?
1: Well, I would even say that there are three levels. There is the individual level. There is the level of of organizations, be they civil uh, society organizations, uh, organizations like ECA, the Governance Academy, or or companies and the industry. And then there is the governments. And we need cybersecurity throughout all of them. There are some aspects of cybersecurity where the state plays a stronger role. Like, for example, adopting strategies, adopting legislative framework, coordinating uh, information sharing. Because states often, of course, have access uh, to uh, information that is privileged to them um, more. And and they thus have the responsibility to coordinate. Um, Then, of course, there are uh, elements that the industry can do. And should do, especially when we're talking about the critical information infrastructure protection, because sectors like electricity, transportation, telecommunications, hospitals, health, um, and so on, form this critical infrastructure whereby the functioning of our our society is dependent on them. Therefore, it is... uh, they they have to take particular clear uh, particular care of the cybersecurity of their networks so that we um, someone wouldn't hack into our electric systems and, and we would uh, we would At have least. no uh, <laughs> ventilation or, or or whatever it is uh, we would we would have electricity for example Man, no, and we're... then there's people
0: Ah, there is people. Yeah, let's let's conclude on people for a second because uh, you mentioned electoral system, and actually, I want to say I want to expand on that a little more with a with a different question. But in terms of people, then,
1: and, and in terms of people, we all bear some personal responsibility on being be- on 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 secure and responsible behavior in cyberspace. But there, here, it is um, it is about the awareness of people of cybersecurity, where. Where people can get better, but they shouldn't be alone in this. So, um, there are uh, various initiatives that either the state uh, competent uh, cybersecurity authorities organize by campaigns of better awareness, or is it the uh, civil society organizations that teach basic cyber hygiene, basic digital literature? Um, l- literacy, I mean. Um, so there are there are options out there, opportunities out there to get better on cybersecurity, and there are, of course, um, best practices because um, many European countries have been through this. Uh, all of the European countries are going through similar challenges, and in that regard, there is no point for the Western Balkan to invent a wheel. But it makes sense to uh, to to learn from some of the lessons of uh, of European Union countries in this in this path.
0: Madeleine, one speaking of lessons, actually, you just hinted at one of the uh, you somehow introduced, let's say, a little bit, uh, at least in terms of let's say attitude or like level, let's say, the type of question that I wanted to ask because when you mentioned elections. Uh, I was also thinking, um, I mean, then, of course, like almost automatically and naturally then comes the topic of people and how they participate in the making of a safe cyberspace, let's say, na- nationally speaking. But then there is also another aspect, and because we were talking about rather like democracy and then talking about democracy, we talk about trust. And this is something that, for example, Andres Sut, the minister, uh, the Estonian minister of uh, uh, entrepreneurship and information technology, uh, highlighted also, like in his uh, in his talk, because in any case he said that I think he said something like there that uh, there are three components, let's say uh, that are that maybe even are like the premises, let's say even or the or the heart, maybe we can say of technological development in that sense or like digital transformation at large. And these three components are indeed uh, people, trust, and security. So people, we already talked about it. Uh, security, it's basically the topic of this of this podcast episode. But then how can we... What are the connections, let's say? What are the, the, the bridges that we can establish between the trust and security meaning? Um, what is the role of trust in cybersecurity? But at the same time, what are the... How to say... How does cybersecurity itself contribute to create more trust in society? Uh, in how governments operate, how our data is uh, uh, protected, for example. Like, let's talk about uh, rather about that because it's, uh, it's something that maybe when we talk about trust, you know, uh, might be taken a little for granted, let's say, when we discuss digital transformation at large. But trust in cybersecurity and within the topic of cybersecurity is also not a key component. What can we say about that?
1: Yes, trust is key in this because and and I have experienced it from first hand in Estonia. Um, it's not just my pers- it, it is not just my personal experience but I think a more general Estonian approach. You can only trust digital services that you know are secure. So trust is linked to the uptake of digital services and of course if you are a government you want to you want people to use these services why else are you investing money into them so it is a sort of very close link between trust and and cybersecurity of the services we have to this is the philosophy in Estonia the government aims to guarantee that digital services are secure so that people would trust them the Estonian approach to creating trust in digital services, in that sense, is simple. The government attempts to provide transparency to the maximum degree possible. The government in Estonia has 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 been always tried to be transparent. If something doesn't work or if something goes wrong, in uh, sharing information about the vulnerabilities, about the threats, and this is how people. Learn to trust the systems um, because um, they know that that they there is the information about it out there. I would say,
0: Madlen, let's. Uh, we are approaching the conclusion of this episode, but I mean, we talked about the Western Balkan Digital Security Forum so but we still have not talked about actually the findings of the study we have introduced them a little bit already like in another podcast episode which we, rec- which i recommend you to check but also uh let's talk about them a little bit here in the sense we have these um these six countries uh involved in the cybersecurity study on the western balkans are there some Overarching conclusions, let's say that might even like sub-cluster them in terms of what they are doing, or in terms of cybersecurity readiness. I prefer to say readiness rather than maturity, for example. No, uh, and uh, um, or like in terms of strategies that are that are being adopted. Uh, do we envision, or do they envision, also let's say like a similar development for the whole area as a whole? Do they share similar problems? Like, what's the let's let's map it out, let's say with the most uh, indeed, overarching umbrella-like type of uh, type of conclusions from the from the study. What did you find essentially?
1: Well, yeah, good point. Uh, ultimately, we were looking at six areas of cybersecurity, six key areas of cybersecurity: um, governance, legislative framework, risks and crisis management, then critical information infrastructure protection, then the computer emergency response teams, and last but not least. Awareness and education. So these were the fields we were looking at. Some of the conclusions. I think what applies across the Western Balkan region that we were looking is that high-level political commitment for cybersecurity reforms is something that is definitely needed. Uh, an increased prioritization of cybersecurity needs to be adopted at the government level and across the public administration, because it all starts from the political will. And this was one of the reasons why we here at the Governance Academy attempted to, in, to invite as, as many political decision makers as possible from the Western Balkans here to, to the Tallinn to be able to have this conversation with them and for them to realize that is up to them, the leaders, to practice and exercise this leadership in this field to push for digital investments and also digital security. So this is perhaps the the main point. And then from there, I think there are some some important elements in all six fields. But uh, ultimately what's important is that There are things that can be done at regional level in the Western Balkans. Uh, There is a will. uh, It was clearly present. People were very, very friendly, very, very eager and interested in sharing more information and coming together more on a more regular basis in this type of formats. But also, each and every member of the Western Balkan community is, is, is at a different level so they should have. There should be a tailored approach to all of them, and, and not just a regional approach. Um, in throughout these six fields, there are some um, partners from the Western Balkans that are at a more mature level, and uh, and some that could learn from each other's uh, success. So a, a tailored approach uh, that goes together at the same time of of this regional information sharing is a way forward.
0: Merle, the way forward with the way forward. I would say that we can conclude on the way forward. We can conclude this episode of the Digital Government Podcast. Thanks a lot for joining me today.
1: Thank you for having me. And I hope, um, yes, we will be able to continue these cybersecurity conversations and uh, maybe even tell more about what goes on in the Western Balkans in the future as well.
0: Yes. And to all our listeners, if you're interested actually in taking a look at what happened at the forum and also uh, reliving it, let's say a little bit between the notes and uh, the, the pictures and uh, just and, and the agenda and just see everything about it, just head to the website of uh, eGovernance academy ega.ee, where you can find all the information about the forum that just took place and that we are just talking about. And uh, for the rest... That is it from, uh, from me, and from your host for today. Thanks for joining in and uh, just tune in to the next episode. Bye bye. This podcast is brought to you by eGovernance Academy. Tune in on next Wednesday.